listening to The Birthplace of Next, the podcast where city officials and partners discuss the latest news and developments in Dayton that make it a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. I'm Meg Maloney with the City of Dayton Sustainability Office, and I am your host. I'm also joined here today by Eric Borth, who is a environmental scientist with the City of Dayton Water Department. We will be doing a sustainability series over the next couple of months where we will be discussing sustainability projects and how they alleviate socioeconomic stresses within the city of Dayton. But first, let's introduce our co-hosts. So quick background on me, I am an ecologist by training. I um, graduated from the University of Dayton in 2018 and studied herpetology, which is the study of reptiles and amphibians. I went back to the University of Dayton for my master's and got my master's in prairie restoration as well as uh, sustainability. And I got hired on at the city of Dayton around two years ago. And I do our energy management and all of our sustainability projects. And now I'm joined by Eric. Eric, do you want to give a quick background on yourself? Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am an environmental scientist, as Meg mentioned. I work in the water department of the city of Dayton in the division of environmental management. So uh, I work a lot with the aquifer protection, so keeping our drinking water safe, um, as well as keeping our rivers clean and um, a lot of interactions with businesses to make sure that they're uh, good teammates helping us uh, make this, this city beautiful. Um, Great. I also went to the University of Dayton. Uh, I graduated in 2017 and then got a master's in 2019 um, and that was in biology and I studied uh, forest fire dynamics in uh, Siberian boreal forests. So a little change of gears coming back here to uh, work on water but I, I love it here. Nice and maybe we'll add in some salamander and some Siberian forest fire facts throughout our series. <laughs> we'll see if we can interweave them in. Um, but as part of the series, as we said, we are going to be discussing sustainability projects and our sustainability office really sees the projects that we put in place as ways that can alleviate problems within the city of Dayton. Uh, city of, the city of Dayton has um, a reputation as being a manufacturing city, which is something that we're really proud of, um, but it comes with its own series of challenges around you know, being a Rust Belt city and then some of the you know, social and economic challenges for our residents. Um, so how this podcast will work is that each episode we will introduce a sustainability problem we will kind of go through that problem and look at it a little bit more in depth. And then we'll talk about what the sustainability office, along with our partners and other departments are doing to address those problems. But first, we thought it was helpful for listeners to get a little bit of understanding of what sustainability is. Because when I say the word sustainability, a lot of people are, are you know, if they're not in the space, are a little bit confused about what that means. Um, and, and it is a very broad and complex topic. Um, so Eric and I will just actually be spending this first episode going into what sustainability is, um, what's it doing in our city, what is our office, the purpose of our sustainability office, and then um, you know what it really means to be sustainable, um, which will kind of set the stage for then our, our podcasts um, moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to uh, learn more about sustainability, uh, but I think it's best to start with the very broad definition, like how would you define sustainability? Yeah, that's like a, well, I like to say that each city defines sustainability differently, right? Because the city of Dayton, you know, we look a lot different than some of our suburban counterparts. Um, so how we see sustainability is, you know, protecting our natural environment, but also the people living within our city. Um, 
There's this thing called the Brundtland Report, which is like where the main definition of sustainability comes out of, and how they define sustainability is meeting the needs of the present without compromising future generations to meet their own needs. Um, and while I like that definition a lot, because I think it's good, you know, it doesn't really mention the environment um, as much. And so how do we balance the needs of not only our society, right, the people living in the city of Dayton, but then also the environmental needs as well. Yeah, so I think sustainability, though, does mean a lot of different things for different people. So, like, you personally, what do you think sustainability means? Or you could put it in the context of the water department. Like, what aspects of sustainability are you all looking at? Well, we think about sustainability a lot because we have this uh, natural resource, which is our aquifer. So, uh, for any residents who don't know, we pull our water from a underground aquifer, which is uh, basically just the sand and gravel that was deposited here over millions of years. And... Um, we water seeps down into there and we're able to pump it out so kind of any any classic well that you think of from any any movie or, or anything that's what they're digging down to it's if you dig deep enough in a lot of areas you can reach this aquifer and pull clean water from there um, but if you are pumping water for a whole city like we are we have to worry about draining that aquifer mm -hmm. now we pump sustainably which means that the amount we pump out is in balance with the amount that kind of sinks into the aquifer yeah. from the landscape. So that's one of the big ways we think about uh, sustainability in, in a very direct way. Mm -hmm. And that's like a much more like scientific way, um, which I think is like a lot of times when people think about like environmentalism or sustainability, they really do think of like that scientific perspective. But I think that's what's kind of fun about our sustainability office is we kind of bring the social component in as well. Um, but then, yeah, going back to like our definition of like meeting the needs today, I think there's this website where you can look at your carbon footprint. I don't know if you've ever done it before where you can like put in like how many times do you fly in an airplane every year and like how far do you drive for work? And they say the average American is using like 3.4 Earth's resources. Um, if anyone's listening, you can fact check me on that because I don't know the like exact number, but it's like, you know, it's not sustainable for like one planet for us all to like have this like lifestyle. So when we talk about like meeting the needs of the present, it's also like how do we currently move how people are living today into a more sustainable direction, um, which is quite complicated because we want to make we want to make sustainability fun and we don't want to make people feel like they're forced to make really hard decisions. So that's kind of like, I think the purpose of like the city of Dayton sustainability office is like, how can we help make decisions or policy changes that encourage residents to live this sustainable lifestyle? But that's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of those, um, the carbon footprint calculators, uh, they can be a little bit demoralizing of like, oh my goodness, you're, you're telling me that I, uh, whatever I'm doing, just living my life is like going to basically destroy the planet. And, and I think that's, uh, can be a bit of a negative approach. Like I, th I think people hear that mm -hmm. and possibly like the way, the way I hear that often is, is okay, well now you need to stop doing the things that you love to do and mm -hmm. things that make your life nice and, and fun and, that's the way to yeah, sustainability. And I think that's a big misconception yes. about yeah. about what sustainability means. It's it's often about like, okay, how can we change things in smart ways where we can still have a great quality of life and still love our city and our environment and our region. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, ha have 
more positive outlook for the future because mm -hmm. uh, also living in a, a world in which we're constantly degrading it is is not good either yeah and it's i always like to tell people like um i think traditional sustainability or environmentalism pathways like really emphasize the individual actions and i don't always think that that is fair because for example, like when a person drinks out of a plastic water bottle, like they weren't solely responsible for putting the water in that plastic water bottle. If you live in the city of Dayton, though, please drink our tap water because it's really great. But um, so we don't encourage people drinking out of plastic water bottles. But um, no, but I was going to say, I think that it's it's important to remind ourselves that like we're not the ones responsible for like how things are packaged. I mean, you have the individual choice to drink tap water or to drink a plastic water bottle. But at the end of the day, if you forget your reusable water bottle at home and you're walking somewhere and you're thirsty, you're not going to be like, well, I can't drink water. You know, you're going to have to you're going to buy a you know a plastic water bottle or maybe a glass water bottle. But putting it on an individual to be like, well, you're responsible for that, I think is, is super misleading and makes people kind of turn turn their brains off, I guess, to listening about like what they can do to be more sustainable because they don't think it's like feasible. Um, and that's where I think like cities really play a role in like creating policy that encourages like sustainable lifestyles, not only for people, but in like the way that like businesses manufacturers and then like city facilities like the way that we do our you know that we live our lives um yeah i think that's a good a good transition to the next question which is um what why is sustainability uh important for cities yeah that's a great question well i think it's according to the world bank 70 percent of all global emissions come from cities and that doesn't mean city facilities. That means transportation in cities. That means businesses within cities. And then as we know, like people, like people, like population densities across the globe, like, you know, more people live in cities than in like rural or suburban areas. Um, so cities play a big role because, you know, we set policies in place that control or can um, encourage certain, you know, types of behavior, right? Um, so it is really on cities to think about that in a, in a more strategic way. Um, and so the city of Dayton in 2019, we formed our sustainability office. And in 2020, our commission unanimously passed our sustainability strategy, which is 115 projects to make the city of Dayton more sustainable. In those projects, we talk about um, kind of various things. We, we set goals for our city facilities and ways that we can decrease our carbon emissions. Um, we, we set ways that the city can like purchase things in a more sustainable fashion, but then we also, you know, have a community focus where we look at businesses and residents and create incentives or programs that also help with sustainability projects, which is what our future podcast will be talking about. Um, but when I talk about decarbonization, which is a big part of our sustainability plan, that word is very fancy and oftentimes people have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but the city, you know, when we were coming up with the sustainability plan, you know, what the the idea is, is planet's not sustainable, right? Because we're doing all these things. Well, what's not making the planet sustainable is, is due to climate change. And climate change is, is caused by the increase of fossil fuel emissions. So, and CO2 in the atmosphere and other greenhouse gases. So to us, when we first started our strategy, it's like, what's the quickest way to help prevent the worst case scenario with climate change? And that was decreasing our emissions. Um, so as a city, a lot of our projects were helping businesses and also city facilities cut down on their on their essentially electric use and gas use because that is the quickest way that we can we can decrease our emissions 
Um, and then we also, you know, incentivize renewable energy projects. But, uh, you know, we, we have, we're, it's exciting because we're like, a lot of cities have passed sustainability plans. So we're like part of a large coalition of cities that is doing this work. But, you know, it's not easy, right? Because um, change is hard. And, um, and, and we're trying to do this in a cost feasible way where we're either saving money or generating money to like invest in renewables so that we don't have to increase, you know, any economic burden on our, on our residents. Yeah, I think a, a good a good thing to bring up is is how do some of these projects like directly help the average Dayton resident? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like a, like a huge misconception about sustainability is that it's going to cost more money, and that's just not true, because a lot of the projects that we've done so far have been directly beneficial to residents. Um, so the first, one of the first programs that like we enacted in our sustainability plan was this electric aggregation program. And we actually recorded another podcast a year ago on electric aggregation. So if you're listening right now and you're like, I do not know what that is, do not fret. We have a great podcast with Commissioner Joseph where we talk about it. So you can take a listen to that. Um, but essentially, quick synopsis of that program is the city goes out and we actually can buy energy for our residents. Um, and we do that similar to how a person can like shop where their cable comes from or shop phone plans. In 2001, the state of Ohio was like, we can, we're gonna deregulate our energy supply so you can actually shop where your energy comes from. Um, and it essentially helped um, Ohio be more competitive to like energy development in the state. Um, so the city goes out and we buy energy for residents. And um, last year we bought energy that was 100% renewable. So we cut down on our carbon emissions um, drastically like you know we go from 140,000 residents you know use energy every year and, and cause these emissions to increase to go to a virtually zero because we're buying renewable energy um, but we also saved each resident $350 off their utility bill uh, compared to what they would be paying if they were still getting their supply through our utility this year um, our savings are still substantial, not as large as last year, but we're saving people between $100 and $150 this year off their electric bill. Um, all And we did it all, A, switching to renewables, cutting down our carbon emissions, and B, we're saving residents and small businesses are in the program too, and small businesses money. So, and then the city did the same thing. We've saved, um, the city, we buy um, renewable energy. Um, we're not quite at 100% yet, but you know, we've saved, I haven't even calculated yet. I would. I'd feel safe saying over a million dollars in like purchasing energy for the future. Um, we have saved like over a million dollars in like the way that we, we buy our energy supply, which is partly renewable. So like, not only do we have large savings, but we're also, you know, saving the planet this way. And it doesn't take a lot of work. It just takes, you know, deciding that this is what you're gonna do. And I think you have to be a little creative about it. In energy markets, you have to be smart about when you buy your energy. But at the end of the day, like I think residents have really liked this program. Um, because they've seen the changes on their bills. They've seen their savings. They're very grateful for that. Um, And in Dayton, you know, we're a low-income city, um, so, like, $350 can go a long way for a lot of our residents, which is really important, too. Yeah. Are there other programs that you can highlight for, um, like, other facilities that that are more like businesses or industrial facilities? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, like mostly our small businesses, like they, 
they can again go into our electric aggregation program. We do um, partner with the Port Authority on providing this thing called PACE financing, which is like low interest loans that we give to um, businesses and like larger manufacturers when they um, choose energy efficient pro products to put like within their facilities. Um, so it not only saves them money, but we give them like a, a small loan that they that they can pay off usually pretty quickly, like 10, 15 years. Um, and then they save like a, a lot of money over a longer period of time. Um, but we also just work strategically with like a lot of our larger manufacturers. Like I just was out at a manufacturing facility last week helping them like come up with their decarbonization plan. Um, and they're doing an energy efficiency plan right now and they're projected to save like $500,000. Um, and that was all because, you know, the city of Dayton, we also have resources to like go and help these like, you know, businesses and manufacturers save money too. So. We're doing some cool stuff, I think. <laughs> but I think also, like, you know, energy is one part of the sustainability plan. But I think, like, part of the reason I was excited to have you co-host with me is, like, in the water department, I feel like that's, like, more of a traditional way that people see sustainability, right? It's just, like, environmentalism. And I feel like you all in the water department, like, people kind of take for granted the fact that, like, we have this, like, really amazing, like, national program that we created to protect our like well fields and and provide clean water to people because there are places in the united states like a lot of people heard of flint michigan that like don't have you know the resource like they they don't have the infrastructure to to provide always you know clean water to people so do you want to talk about the source water protection program a little bit um mostly just in the sense of like how that program ensures that like yeah for the longest period of time for the foreseeable future, we're going to have very clean water and abundant water in Dayton. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think you're right in that this is kind of one of the, if people think of sustainability, they their mind often jumps to some kind of natural resources, and this this fits squarely in that category mm -hmm. of, okay, we have this this aquifer below us. Um, we have we are very lucky in that it's it's very plentiful. It recharges very quickly. Like I mentioned, when we when we pump water for four hundred thousand people in the Miami Valley because um, well, worth saying that our city of Dayton water um, ends up going to a lot of the Miami Valley uh, I think more than half of the county um, but it's about 400,000 of, of mm -hmm. our residents um, when we pump that much water from our two well fields that's a significant uh, amount of water and mm -hmm. the the we're lucky in that our, our aquifer recharges fast enough to to keep up with that so we are not we aren't draining it over time um, the downside of that is uh, if there is pollution nearby mm -hmm. that also moves into the aquifer so we have to keep an eye on uh, the whole area to make sure that we we are uh, paying attention and and, and knowing uh, I think I mentioned working with businesses so mm -hmm. we have um, inspections that we do in businesses mm -hmm. around the well field um, and we will uh, make sure that they're uh, being responsible with their chemicals. They aren't um, storing banned substances. Um, uh, they have a limit that they can't go over a certain amount, so that depends on the business. Um, but yeah, so we, we're out there um, just kind of, we, we view it as much, very much a partnership where, yeah. hey, we, we know that you are, you're also a resident here too almost all of them are also drinking the water. Um, so we're all on the same team here. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, interacting with, with business owners and... Um, 
running those inspections and everything. Um, and in addition to that, we have like 600 wells, which are or investigation wells and monitoring wells, which is um, just for being able to check the quality of the aquifer. Yeah. Um, Ensuring it's clean. Yeah, so, so if there is, um, like I described the aquifer as a big body of water that's underground. So it moves a lot slower than, for instance, the river. Um, if I see uh, a contaminant that's uh, 200 feet away, it might take two years to get there, but we still have to keep track of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that is something that will, I know one of our podcast episodes, we're going to dive into a little bit more about um, what happens when we do have a big contamination, uh, a big spill within the region, and like how do we respond to that? Because um, the Sustainability Office, we work on brownfield and Superfund sites. Um, for those unfamiliar with that, that's essentially sites that are contaminated from old manufacturing facilities um, that the state, the local government, state and federal agencies are cleaning up. Um, but going to your point, I think that like um, one of the things that why a lot of people actually look to Dayton, Ohio as a national model for not only some of our sustainability work, but a lot of the work that we're doing in natural resources because of the source water protection program. We have like some of the best drinking water in the country, not only because we're on this, we're lucky that we're on this aquifer that like recharges so quickly, but you all have a very impressive program in which you track this contamination through those monitoring wells and ensure that like every water that's going to everyone's homes is safe to drink. Um, and I think we, we definitely take that for granted. When I lived out in California, first of all, we did not have a lot of water out there. And on, it's like kind of shocking to go from like Ohio to California because they have all these like signs that are like, turn off the water when you're washing your hands. Like when you're like putting the soap on your hands, you have to like turn off the spout or whatever. And you know, conservation is important, um, but it's not as much of a huge concern here because we have that recharging aquifer. Um, and that's something too, I think in later episodes, we can also talk about because we've seen people, more people moving into the Midwest um, and into regions where they're very water, um, where there's large concentrations of fresh water because out in the mid, out in the, on the West Coast, you know, there's a lot of people moving because water's just getting so expensive and that's something that we like don't have to worry about here. And y'all are looking out for us, making sure our water's clean to drink. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um, much of the Midwest is, is expected to become uh, refuge cities for as water becomes more and more scarce in other yeah. places, like we do have a lot here. And but I even want to correct the word refuge because it, it's true. But I think when people think refuge, they think like, oh, people are like fleeing, like out of fear. And like, I think it's more of this just like natural movement of people that are like, wow, in California, it's really expensive to pay for water. And like, we deal with these forest fires and we deal with like bad air quality. And so it's like when they're looking at places that they want to live that's very affordable, that has like, um, I think it's more people just move for affordability and here in Dayton, Ohio, it's very affordable to live here, A, but B, we have like a lot of these resources that we take for granted that in other places are, you know, much more expensive. We don't even have to worry about like forest fires. That's a nice thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, so we only have a couple minutes left. Um, and again, this was more of just, for those listening, this was more of just to give a, a broad overview of some of the sustainability topics we've talked about. But do you think there's anything we haven't covered in terms of like getting people to understand sustainability a little bit more um, that we should touch on? No, I, I think I think we covered a lot of a lot of information today. And yeah, we don't want to overwhelm anyone. <laughs> no, I think um, again, sustainability is very far-reaching. Um, as a, and I, as I said earlier, it includes like social, economic, and environmental parts, which are all things that we will talk about. Um, you know, we're going to be 
in future episodes diving into, I said contamination, we'll be talking about energy use, we'll be talking about food security, tree canopy coverage, recreation and natural resources, sustainable planning. Um, So we'll be covering a lot of different interesting topics. Um, But our hope today is that you just got a little taste of some of the various things that the City of Dayton Sustainability Office and our other departments are working on. And we're excited for you to hear more about all of our exciting projects in the future. And I'm excited to co-host with you, Eric. It's going to be exciting and great. Yes, I'm very excited. Sweet. Well, thanks everyone for listening today and uh, tune in soon when we have our second episode where we'll be talking a little bit more um, about some of our sustainability office projects. Thank you.